Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 34 of the From the Finney podcast. We're back. It's been a while, but I'm joined by Ollie and Brownie, possibly Jimmy as well for our season review episode. We've got lots to discuss, so we'll crack on. Enjoy. Boys, how are you both? Are you good? Good. Good, mate. Yeah, thanks. Good, good. Good to be back. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Not much has happened for you, has it? In that no, time. no, no. Just <laughs> chilled out, really. Just taking a few weeks off the pod. Couldn't be asked. Um yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, my wife gave birth seven weeks earlier to our son, uh, Finley Oates, and he weighed 4.1 pounds. Um, so, pretty small. Well, I say pretty small, but everyone keeps saying, oh, it's a good weight, that. So, I don't really know. But, yeah, he was on, on neonatal ward at Royal Preston for like three weeks, but he's, he's back home now. Uh, and touch wood, doing all right so far. So, yeah, all good. I'm just tired. But that's nothing new. I bet you are. Yeah, yeah. The nights have been uh, interesting, very <laughs> interesting. But anyway, um, yeah. On to football. We'll, we obviously end of season review. Um, we're going to talk about Frankie's time. Obviously, Ryan Lowe's time. Got a little quick fire thing with the contracted players. That I'm just going to go through and ask whether you would keep or sell. Short and sweet. It should be an interesting section. Uh, discuss a bit about the youth boys, the summer window, and then we'll finish off by rating the season in three parts. One part for Frankie, one part for Ryan, and one part as a whole. So, especially if Jimmy does join us, um, could could get quite interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll start. Uh, Frankie McAvoy. I actually think it was a year ago yesterday it was officially appointed. 10th, 10th of May, 2021. What a sad day. <laughs> <laughs> Season was over a year ago yesterday. Before it even began. Yeah. I remember uh, me and you, uh, I can't remember there was still some kind of lockdown, Jake, but we were in Avonham Park about a year ago. Yeah. And uh, Couple I think of Frankie... Yeah, I think Frankie had had six or seven games in charge. And the performance data just wasn't there. I think expected goal difference under Frankie in them eight games. I think we were 16th. Um, so it was obviously a bad idea to appoint him. We lost 5-0 against Brentford during that time, which gets brushed under the carpet. Then we got a last-minute goal against Norwich, um, which people saw as a good result, but it should never have been appointed. Yeah, pretty much that. I think um I think look things have got that bad 
towards the end of the previous manager's era that honestly I think if one of us boys rocked up there and, and finished the end of that season, we'd probably do better than what what it was. So it was it was kind of yeah, I think um yeah, the performances there were kind of um I can't even say what it is. Um I've lost complete train of thought. Sorry, Jay. It's been that's a while, what, That's what, that's what Frankie's... Here, that's what, that's what no, Frankie that, does to you. Yeah, that's what Frankie does to you. That's about yeah, as much enthusiasm as Frankie's Joe Brown. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, no, I think the... Um, I think it was kind of a little bit of... Um, it wasn't... The performances there and the results there were not really a good sign for for signing someone who wasn't really experienced at the job before. And when we could have gone out and got a proper manager in and, and showed a little bit of ambition, I think we ended up just conceding to the fact that somebody had got a few wins and somehow felt as though it was going to change everything through the summer when, in reality, the summer was pretty poor. Um, whether that was linked to the manager in any way, I don't know in terms of signings and the whole setup. I mean, the pre-season was pretty bad from memory as well. We didn't really do well at all then. Nah. Um, I think, uh, just on the preseason, we beat Celtic, didn't we? And people started ooh. getting uh, people started getting chuffies about it. Yeah, I think the whole Frankie thing for me just uh, shows that there is a role for interim coaches in football. He was a perfect interim coach in the fact that the players had eight weeks off and they just <laughs> no no pressure, go and yeah. win a few games. But over a 46-game season, tactically, obviously technically improving players, uh, you know, recruiting players, do they want to play for you? Putting teams together week in, week out. There was a bit of charm about it. He was saying, like, I'm a reluctant manager, and people were like, oh, he's a reluctant. Oh, he used to work for the Royal Mail. Like, he never wanted to be the coach, and he could tell. Like, he was so reluctant and... In the end, I felt a bit funny, isn't it? What, what a few hundred thousand pounds, presumably that kind of money, can do to sway someone's decision. I don't blame him at all for accepting the job. But um... I don't think anyone does. But I remember, I I don't know if it was the start of the season, uh, maybe after that horrible, horrible opening day against Hull. We, I don't know whether it was you boys or Jim or George or Solly or whoever. But we we were trying to sort of give some context to those eight games that Frankie had, and, and we were just getting hammered for it from some sections of of the fan base, saying like, "Well, why would you not give him it?" And it's like, "Well, why would you?" Just because he's come in and and he's got that, you know, I hate hate to use a cliche, but he's that new manager bounce, like you say, Ollie's. He's probably made made sure the atmosphere is like a million times more relaxed than it would have been under Alex. No pressure on the lads. Right? We were never in trouble, really, relegation-wise. If we hadn't have won a single game under Frankie, we still wouldn't have been relegated. Yeah, I think it's as well, like, you know, it, it served a purpose, like Ollie says, it came in and, like you're saying, there is a purpose for, for interim managers when things have got pretty bad. It kind of gives you a chance to kind of restock and gives you a little bit of time to actually think about where you want to go as a club. But then to end up taking that interim manager is kind of you then going back to where you were before and, and let's face it, an even worse position than we were before. Um, and it served a purpose in that, like you say, whether the discipline was the same, I don't know. 
Um, but players seem to like that to begin with. But as soon as start, things start getting, you know, you start getting into the nitty gritty of a new season, you start need to be, to? you need to be a proper boss then. And, and at yeah. what point, you know, you can't be a friend. You can't be someone called Frankie. You got. Well, I was just going to so. say that some someone pointed out in the group chat that very quickly it was clear to see that not just some of the lads, all of the lads. Oh yeah, Frankie this, Frankie that. Under Alex, under Simon, it was constantly the gaffer, the boss the manager, whatever. And like you say, when things go like hit 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 a wall and you, you need someone to look up to and someone that you, you have a bit of trust and belief in that yeah. they can turn things around. It's like Drimwer and Dean Holden went in on at Bristol City towards the end of the season, got a little bounce and the next season he got sacked pretty soon. It's what it's what uh, Burnley are trying to do with the King of Pop. Um <laughs> Uh, people can't see this, but Ollie is unbelievably proud of himself for that one. No, nah, I just I was trying to get that in. <laughs> no, it's what Burnley are trying to do with Michael Jackson, trying to get like an interim bounce. But even if he kept him up, they would not appoint him full time next season. Um, so like, it's like, it's like what I said, there is always room for interim coaches. But you do wonder whether it was you know the same old, um, you know, I mean. We'll probably come on to Trevor's passing later on, but but there were, you know, the common themes there in terms of, you know, to put it bluntly, how can we save a bit of money here and there? And, and you do wonder whether Frankie's performance at the end of the season made the owner think, well, we don't really need to do this. Because there was a lot of talk at the time about this whole new direction, head yeah. coach getting, and, and some of the names that were talked about, you know, like I think Grant McCann was one. I think even Lowe was spoken about at one point. Yeah. And those names that were talked about then, this whole new direction that we went in, it set us back, Frankie, doing so well. Yeah. And, it, and it is just that whole thing about, did we take the easy option in the end? 100%. And, you know, I don't think there's any doubt about that, is there now? It's the cheap, the cheap option and the easy option. Well, maybe not cheap if you look at it as a standalone thing, but in the grand scheme of things, probably a lot cheaper than Alex Neal and presumably Ryan Lowe as well. I think it, it just proves to me how important it is to distinguish between results and performance because results are fine as raw data, but performance shows you how repeatable the results are. Um, well, I don't I think eight games isn't enough to look at results anyway, is but, it? You know, especially not... when you consider the context of each game. I think, obviously, we played a couple of playoff sides who I think made a few changes. Um, Brentford beat us 5-0, played a couple of dead rubbers. Um, and I think Preston might have got were we four, four, fifth for points in that eight-game spell? I think we won five. Performance data showed we were performing as 15th or 16th best team. And I think Frankie was sacked when we were sort of 16th. So the performance in those eight games foreshadows exactly what was to come. Yeah, well, you couldn't have really got off to a worse start for him, could it? Back in August, pull at home, absolutely tonked. And- <laughs> Well, we were, weren't we? Yeah, Keen, yeah. Keen Lewis Potter was like unbelievable. Um, yeah, oh, what a horrendous day that was. It was a start of something special, though. <laughs> Nami Uri's first goal of a 21-goal season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've just got to make a disclaimer here. I completely switched off from North End from August till October because I just weren't having Frankie. So you two can lead this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shit I've fan. already messed up already, Ollie, so I might, I might step out as well. <laughs> um, That'll be fun. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't the best start. And what did we lose the first three games? I think. Um, and he probably should have gone after the Huddersfield game, if we're being yeah. honest, but it was probably too, start, too early in the season for them to do it. And I think the club had a little bit of pride. Was really they should have realised after the summer and after the start that we should have really just cut our losses. Then a lot of the noises were about, you know, anyone would have appointed Frankie. You know, kind of supporting the fact that they did it when I probably think deep down. I mean, even the podcast they did with you, Jake uh, Peter did with you, was only a few weeks or before they even they sacked him. So yeah. you, you do think as though they probably knew this was coming early think- days. Looking back to that in particular, in that moment, and I got on with Peter, you know, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I have no issues with him personally. Um, but that that moment, I remember thinking afterwards, like, I think the writing's already on the wall here for Frankie. Uh, and obviously, I think it was like three, four weeks later, whatever it was, and, and he was gone. But yeah, going back to the start of the season, we won won two of our first ten games, lost lost three, uh, drew five and won two. So it's like it's not a great start, but I think if I remember correctly, it was being peddled as like oh unbeaten in yeah however many, yeah. and it's like well really we we scraped past a really poor Peterborough side one nil, and we beat Swansea three one who. Looked just. In fact, I think was that not um, what's Swansea's manager called now? I can't remember. His name. Martin. Martin. Yeah. yeah. Was it not Martin's first game when we played him? Well, I think I think he joined in the summer. I think, but I think yeah, he joined, still early days. He joined, uh, he joined the day before they played Blackburn in the first game of the season. I oh, think. right. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, either way, still early on, so you could look yeah. at that and say, well, that's a side that's had their style completely changed and still trying to get used to it. So perhaps a good time to play them on paper. Yeah. And then we were without a win after that until 20th of October. Yeah. We beat, we beat Cov at home 2-1. Yeah. Well, if you remember the Coventry game, his, his reaction after the game as well wasn't great to that, where he was saying yeah. that people wanted him gone. And I think we were losing half-time. We got booed off. He'd completely lost his head at that yeah. point, hadn't he? And, and it, it's a point I wanted to bring up was the, the poor connection he had with the fans. He just continually did himself no favours at least from my point of view he did himself absolutely no favours with, with the fans like, I, think, I think that Coventry game I'm sure it was after that he said in the press that, that win was for the for the true honest Preston fans or the real honest yeah. whatever it was he said he always came across to me as quite self-pitying yeah not someone who can lift a group of players um and we've had poor starts before under previous regimes, but the performances have often been there and they've often been quite, well, sometimes very hard starts on paper. Um, so you sort of knew we were going to turn a corner, but under Frankie, under however many games there was until December, I think we were sort of 19th on performance data. Um, and the style of football, you can sort of forgive it if you're trying to implement something new, something a bit exciting or something that takes a while to, for players to settle into but it was literally just a 5-3-2 block that's all it was it was the most plain football you've ever seen um, 
I've obviously watched quite a lot of games back now, doing bits and bobs, but the games I watched, I watched a commentary game because it was on Sky. Um, and from memory, it was, a, it was a quick free kick to Reese, and he just battered it in from one of his unusual angles. There was no performance there. There was not many performances under Frankie where you thought we're turning a corner or, you know, and that obviously partly comes down to recruitment in summer, but partly comes down to him just not implementing a single thing. And if you look at his coaching staff, obviously there was him, Mike Pollitt and Paul Gallagher and obviously Steve Thompson. It doesn't bring you much hope. Um, as a coaching staff, tactically or personality-wise. so, And obviously the players have let us down season after season, these same players. So he was never going to get us anywhere near the top six. Um, and yeah, like like uh, like Brownie says, it was probably about pride why they waited until December to sack him. Yeah, no, I agree. You touched on summer recruitment there as well. And in terms of players that were, were new arrivals at the club, I hadn't been here previously. The likes of Liam Lindsay, Dan Iverson, and and Sepp, who all returned from the previous season. We'd brought in Jamie Thomas, uh, Matthew Sunday, Josh Murphy. Connor uh, Wickham came a bit after. Connor Wickham. Yeah, we'll include, Ali McCann. We'll include him as a summer transfer, and obviously Ali McCann. Ali McCann is the only player to start more than ten games out of those players that were new to the club. The the only player that started more than one uh, that started a game, sorry, but was out of those new faces, those new signings, was all of Sunday with one at Rovers. That's appalling, isn't it? It's as much as we're hammering Frankie, he wasn't really wasn't dealt the best hand either, was he? Absolutely. Not that he'd made maybe he probably wouldn't have made much more of a fist of it, I don't think, but I do think, though, that I mean, a lot of it was made of. He seemed to accept and he continuously praised the recruitment team, which he thought was a bit odd. Because if you notice now, we're going to low later. He's kind of set his own little game, and he's playing little games here and there with, with you know, with what he's saying. Whereas Frankie was kind of accepting the status quo and saying, "Oh well, oh they're doing a great job, and we'll get in whoever." Whereas if you notice. Alex Neal never used to really say that and he kind of looked quite um, angry at times if things didn't go right. So you kind of think he was a bit of a, I hate to say it, but a bit of a pushover in that sense. And we signed we signed Jamie Thomas from Bamba Bridge and he was on his knees like we'd signed Pelle, saying thank you, Peter. Exactly, yeah, that's what I mean. Right. It's, yeah, I don't like speaking about character in terms of footballers, but I think as a coach it's very important. And just the wrong character from the off for me. And the championship, and also, the, championship in, the championship punishes you. And if you're a player looking in, you know, not inspiring looking in either, was it at the time? Um, and you're probably chasing after these players and a lot of them probably looking at our setup and thinking, you know what, I might give that a miss. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, in the past we've had, you know, Grayson, respected manager at the time, and Neil and then now Lowe. There's a whole different setup then. If you're a player in the summer looking at us last summer, you probably think that. Nah. Um, oh, no, I, I, no. I spoke to a former player of ours, uh, not recent, but still involved, still doing a few bits. But he he messaged me and 
and said that he knows for a fact there's a handful of players that have turned down moves to North End because of the appointment of the manager. So, yeah, tells you everything you need to know, really, doesn't it? Well, we kind of signed a load of cast-offs, and, and apart from McCann, who was, um, you know, a really good signing, but a lot of them were, you know, either injury-prone or who hadn't played a lot of football. Apart from all the Sunday, maybe we kind of pushed the boat out a little bit in terms of trying to bring him in. But yeah, it wasn't very inspiring, was it? Yeah. The other thing about all the Sunday, he didn't finish that many games for over. Remember like, you saying that to me when we were linked with him, Ollie? Yeah, he just he'd never had a great fitness record. So even that one, when that was a key area, we were obviously wing backs are going to be key in this system, whoever's the manager. We've got Greg Cunningham, Josh Earl, Brad Potts, obviously now, and all of Sunday was meant to be, you know, one to come in and do a job. And the three-five-two, I still stick to it now under low. It doesn't get the best out of many of the players in the squad, I don't think. Obviously, we're going to touch on low after this part, but it seemed like a massive gamble to appoint this coach, go down his system, recruit for his system. And then you're left with a lot of players who don't suit the system. And then you, inevitably he was going to get sacked. So it just seemed like the summer was a massive waste of a summer for North End. And you can write the last season off. It might as well not have happened. And you might as well have appointed low, you know, in summer 21. Um, I, I just feel like it set us back. And obviously Lowe's come in and done a decent job, to be fair to him. Yeah, I think my last point on, on Frankie... Um... I don't know if you boys were on the the episode, but at the start of the season, uh, I asked whoever it was that was on to make a a prediction for the season, something a bit out there. And mine was that I didn't think we'd win a single derby while Frankie was in charge. And ultimately that proved to be his downfall. You know, we obviously, the poor showing at Blackpool and then same again at Rovers. And what, two, three days after the Rovers defeat, he he was gone. I think you look at Alex Neal's time here and the derby games that we played. Careful. <laughs> Not allowed an opinion on him. Yeah, you look at his time here and, and the derby games that we had with him in charge. I think maybe bar in the Wigan one when we were down to 10 men, I don't think we lost any others. Blackburn 4-1 or whatever it was. Rafferty sent off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right, then if you say the Wigan game when we were down to 10 men and the game with Rovers at home where we had no fans in the stadium, um, yeah. you know, they're two quite uh, quite considerable things that will have an effect on the games. Other than those two, mm-hmm. played, played maybe 10, 12 derbies in his time here and won the majority of them. Yeah. It's like what I said, I think, I think it does come down to character as a coach. Um, obviously, we the black the Blackpool game under under Ryan Lowe, but then you've got to look at the Blackburn game as well. Um, obviously, this this group of players has been on the beach every season for the last five or six seasons. So, the Blackburn game was after that cut off period, obviously. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just chalk and cheese between the last two managers, and it, I do feel like charisma, whatever you want to call it, as much as I don't like talking about it, ultimately does play a big role, especially when you're talking about games like derby games, playoff games, stuff like that. Well, the, the Blackburn game, we could have been still playing now and we wouldn't have scored. 
Um, I know, you know, he went on about the, the handball at the end, but you know, that's just <laughs> pure chance. Um, we we hardly created anything, and it was then really. I mean, he got sacked, didn't he? After that game, um, you know, it was it kind of summed up his whole time here. Uninspiring, boring, soggy, um, and yeah, soggy. Yeah, I just think everything Cold. was very everything was very safe. Yeah, like in all the metrics you look at, we're between like twentieth and sixteenth. It doesn't matter what metric it is; it could be passes, shots, shots against, possession. Everything was just very safe, and there was you don't do anything in this league being very safe. So, yeah. It, his team personified him as a person, I, th- I think. So, cutting end. Yeah, obviously, he, Frankie was potted after the Rovers game and, and Ryan Lowe came in. Um, and you were both on that Twitter spaces, that eventful Twitter spaces. Um, was that the night that Frankie got sacked or was it the night... Bef- no, it was the night before Ryan Lowe was announced, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a funny couple of hours, to be fair. Well, I think because the turnaround was pretty quick, wasn't it? So they yeah. must have, you know, they kind of knew this was coming quite a while before, saw an opportunity and went for it. Um, yeah, because if you remember, Ryan, didn't he uh, Didn't he resign from his post at Plymouth? Wasn't that yeah. the official wording? So there's obviously been discussions had behind the scenes um, along the way. And... Yeah, I think it was within 48 hours of Frankie going. Ryan was in charge and uh, it was Barnsley, wasn't it? His first game that Saturday. And I mean, yeah, you might look at the opponent and say it's an easy start. And I think some might have argued that it was, but that, that goal that won it was... We, we, were, we were led to believe that that was going to be a sign of things to come. And... There has been, been sort of, um, what's the word? There has been sort of signs of that, but not on a regular basis. And and I always go back to something Ryan said when he first joined, um, something about the squad being about 60% of where he'd want it to be. And I think that was either during or just after the January transfer window that he said that. Um, and you would imagine that it'd be a lot closer to 100% to where he wanted it to be after the summer that we've got coming up. Um, but how, how do you look back on sort of Ryan's time in charge? He's been a bit of a breath of fresh air, hasn't he, in all honesty? You know, we're, we're being, being drowned by soggy Frankie. And, uh, he's, 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 been, he's, he's just reconnected the club with the fans. It feels like, you know, that you've got Frankie coming out after games saying that was for the true, honest Preston North End fans. And then Ryan Lowe's come in and, and rebuilt those bridges, um, you know, regardless of what pe- some people think about him in terms of his charisma or whatever else. I don't think there's any doubt that on the whole, he has rebuilt those bridges between the club and the fan base. I think the most important um, aspects of appointing any new manager was going to be um, reconnecting the fans or having some kind of charisma because we've not really had a Ryan Lowe type character since Graham Wesley. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like charisma, like he'll get the boys doing weights that aren't real, etc. Um, 
But nah, to be to be honest, the most important thing was reconnecting the fans. And I think from the very first press conference that he came in, um, sitting next to Peter, there can be a few shrinking violets, but I think he more than held his own in that press conference. Um, I think BBC Radio Lanks uh, published it, like the video, um, and he came across very confident, like he was going to lift the players. And yeah, obviously the Barnes game was on paper. I think the easiest game he could have had. Obviously won it 2-1. Nicely worked, a couple of goals. Um, but to give him his credit, he's uh, talked about his brand of football a lot. I think we're ninth for open play passes per game since he came in. I think XG's eighth and expected goal difference is ninth. So upper mid-table performance-wise since he came in, which is which has been without, obviously, the majority of what he would want as a squad. Um, helped by three amazing loan players and an amazing striker at this level for me and Emil Reese. Um, so hard to say exactly where we are. I'd put us decent mid-table side at the moment. Um, but obviously a lot to improve upon and the summer's massive because North End have always struggled with summer recruitment. I think the point the appointment was important because on the back of Frankie, on the back of a year or so without us watching football at all, we went back into into the ground and we were watching football like that. You did kind of fear for where we were going um, at the time. And I think once you get a character in like, whoa, who he's very self-aware, if you notice. If you notice what he says, he says a lot of things and they're so deliberate. Like he says the full name of the football club, stuff like that. He knows what fans like to hear. You'd have thought um, someone would have told him how to pronounce Hexton by now. Well, there's that as well, yeah. I mean, he'll get there eventually, I think. But but he is self-aware of how he is as a leader. You can yeah. see, you can imagine him at home. He's probably done a lot of looking in the mirror and all sorts of stuff. But you can just see what he's like. He's done a lot of training on that type of thing. And it, it is it is just what we needed as a club at the time. Um, and, you know, the football helps as well. But I do think his, his character and, and yeah. exactly who he is was, was the right ta- right person at the right time, really. I think it's partly being scouts as well. Like, I genuinely do think that helps with football coaches. Like, some of them, obviously Jimmy won't agree, but some of them have got a lot of good character, um, which you do like in football. Um, we, we've had this discussion though haven't we in the group chat that you know yeah. there's, there's a few scousers at the club already and they, they just seem like good people decent people I've not I've nothing against them as as people as such I just think like they've just got that bit of ballsiness about them I think yeah. that's probably the best way I can describe it they've just got that, that streak like, of confidence that it just goes through I, I suppose them mm. as people because you know the, I don't know what you want to call it you know the Manx have that Re- Republic of Mancunia sort of attitude you know Scouts not English sort of attitude for, for, for some Scousers so it probably comes from stems from being a, a red you know, yeah. what is it, full-time red, part-time football manager, someone said to me last week. And, like, I think that sort of attitude sort of comes across in how he is as a person. Yeah. I, have nothing, I have nothing against it, because then he's getting, on the, on the whole, the results that he sort of won as a football club. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Um, yeah, he just comes across like he knows, that, yeah, like, like Brown, he says, very aware of what he's saying. He knows exactly how to please the fans. Fist pumps all that stuff, um, refunds after the Luton game, 
it, it's not for me, but it does get fans on side. Um, to, to be fair, I think if if we were to criticise him from a sort of like a, a PR point of view, I think that's one that he got wrong. Uh, I don't think he got it wrong. I think it went down very well on the whole. Do you think? I, yeah. I thought the reaction on social media was probably the most mixed I've seen to anything that while Ryan's been here. I think there was a lot of people saying, like, don't really agree with it. You, what are you going to do? Like, give out a refund after every defeat. Yeah. I do think it was probably something that I know, Brownie, you've just said he's, he's very self aware and he, he's deliberate and that he says a lot of things. But I, I, I think that that might have been something to try and deflect away from him on that night. It I, was. I didn't claim a refund, by the way. Can I just, <laughs> I, yeah, I went saluted. I, I didn't claim a refund. Because I go to watch North End, not to claim a refund, but to see us win, lose or draw. Ideally win. Like, yeah, you go absolutely... to support your football club, don't you? Yeah. You don't go to watch winning football. If you want that, you go and watch City every week or Liverpool every week. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's only, like, win, only win 60% of the games, the big boys. Hard to win games in football, but you saw a great performance anyway that night, didn't you, Jimmy? So, well, from, from Nathan Jones. Yeah. <laughs> we were absolutely bobbins, weren't we? Let's be fair. Yeah. God, I'd have to go there for, again for another 12 months at least. Yeah. But no, just... Uh, if you can back that up, Jake, with with long-term performance and tactical stuff, and you can get your recruitment right, then obviously that's going to be a massive success. But it's when results start going wrong, I'll be interested to see what happens with all that kind of stuff. That's when the real test will be. Yeah. He's not, really, not had many tests yet as, as Preston or manager. No, he hasn't. <laughs> And I think a lot of people have, especially recently, before the before the last two games, there was a lot of question marks over certain performances in certain games, and people were rightly asking questions about the performances in certain games. You know, the Blackburn one being probably the prime example, the Luton one being another. Um, but I think a lot of people were always willing to sort of say look, we'll, we'll wait until the summer, give him a chance to build his own squad and then next next season's is going to be the litmus test, isn't it, next season? He's got a full season, he'll have had a full summer, full pre-season. He knows half the squad, maybe three quarters of the squad by the time he's brought in the new lads. Yeah. And that that's going to be the acid test for him is, is a full season next season. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you look at the results under low, We've won a couple, then we've, we'll go three on bit. We'll go three without a win. Then we'll win a couple. Then we'll go three without a win. We've just been very inconsistent since it's come in. If you look through the results, there's like a clear pattern of like if you lose, you lose a game, you'll draw a couple. Then we'll win one. You know, I suppose that's just a typical mid-table championship sort of form, really. Um, we've also, I suppose, at the start of his reign, I'm looking back through the results now. We played a lot of teams at the right time. You know, West Brom, we played them at the perfect time because they were absolutely bobbins under Ismail. You know, Barnsley that first game, you know, couldn't have asked for an easier sort of opening game, really, because they were awful. You know, we played Stoke at a good time, scored a couple of good goals that, that that day as well. You know, Blackpool, we had to win that game, I think, you know, and then the QPR game following that, our highest XG, you know, 3.46 XG that day, you know, we were absolutely on it. So it was just one of those games where you, you knew it was going to be. Uh, you know, the right outcome. You know, they scored, what, 93rd minute, was it? You know, Iverson's probably kept us in the game and, you know, rightly one player of the year for me. 
and then we've gone three without a win again. Then we win the last two. It's just like it's just the makings of a a typical mid-table championship team that you know he's probably got seven or eight lads that, in his first eleven, including those lone players that he'd want to keep for next season and want to improve on the three, maybe four weaker areas. I, I, I'm a bit like what you said before, Ollie. Like losing these three lads that have been incredible for us on loan, they are massive shoes to fill. That's my big concern. Like, you know, at this moment in time, without a professional goalkeeper at the club, you know, what comes in at right side centre back is, God knows, to be fair, you know, Cameron Archer clearly got a lot of talent. Um, Still very raw. You know, I I can't see him being a Premier League striker, you know, in the 22 23 season. Personally, I I still don't think he's at that level yet. You know, he probably, he he reminds me of Tammy Abraham. You know, when, so when Tammy dropped out, was in the championship at 18, 19 years old, you could tell he had something. And he he went, his next loan after that first loan at Bristol City, was it? He went to Swansea. Was it, did he go to Swansea and didn't hit it off? Or was like, I don't know, the average season. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you don't want to do that because, you know, you can learn a lot in the championship. You know, 46 games, cup games, you know, you you could play up to 50 games a season in the championship easily. Yeah. You know, go to a Premier club. You know, the most you're going to play is 38 league games and then two or three cup games on top, probably. And it's like, well, why not blood yourself in a, in a team that you can get a game pretty much every three or four days, you know, for the whole season? You know, yeah, you might be knackered at times and get a rest, but like, why not play in the championship where you know you can get games every week? Yeah. I think Arch is the prime, is another example of how low says the right things because he probably does yeah. realise that he's going to be the one that we get back. But after the game, and he was saying, Oh, Cameron's told me if I'm going anywhere, I'm going here on loan. That's for the fans that you're yeah. going where Villa sent you. You know, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's as simple as that. If Villa want you to play higher, you're going to play higher. And it's you're like not going to turn down playing higher, are you? So it's like when he yeah. said he was going to be on a plane and Preston fans were acting like Alex Neal or Frankie McAvoy have never stepped foot outside the UK. Like Emil yeah, Reese exactly. came from Denmark. But going back to what Jimmy said before about inconsistency, if you look at, again, I'm going to use Luton as an example. Nathan Jones said at the end of the season, their target was to get eight points every five games. And that's exactly what they finished on, 75 points, I think. So you only need eight points every five games to come top six or touching top six. And it's only two wins and two draws in five. Like, the championship is wildly inconsistent. So if you're touching 1.5 points a game or above, you're going to be there or thereabouts for for the playoffs so we have been doing that since Lowe came in as I said performance data puts us about 8th or ninth. Um so it, it has been a good start there's no doubt about that you can't really deny that um, and what I'd say as well about the inconsistency we've had the same group of players who have been wildly inconsistent for years everyone loves to blame the coach but you've got to look at the players sometimes like how can you turn up and beat Blackburn uh, beat Blackpool, sorry, and then the same group of players gets the pacing off Blackburn a few weeks later. The coach is the same. So I think you have to look at the players as well. And I'm qu- quite glad they've been quite ruthless, you know, because a couple of years ago, Rafferty might have got an extra year or Hudson would have been kept on, you know. So they've not taken the easy options there. So that's hopefully a start of just being more ruthless because as a club, we've been very easy to as, as a player it's easy to come to North End and stay there for three or four years and you don't really need to earn anything even to be at the club for you know pushing 10 years you don't need to do much so um, yeah it's been too easy been too easy for too many players and that's why we've been 
stumbling about in mid-table championship. Yeah. Nothing wrong with loyalty, Oliver. Nothing wrong with loyalty. Um, hey, I think got, I'm going to have loyalty 20 on FM22. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, you, you look at some of the players with your three, four-year deals too. Like, if you give a three-year contract to someone, that's, what, 150-something weeks worth of pay. So they're on 10 grand a week. In the best part, one and a half million pound out of us over the course of a contract. You know, and there's players that have played for the club over the past three, four, five years that have earned a killing out of us and not actually performed. And that, you know, has to change. I'm glad that Lowe's made this clear clear out. You have to really, you know, you can't have players demanding, you know, a, a silly contract and not not be fit for half of it or not perform for the other half. It's like, you know, we can't be throwing money at players that just don't perform anymore. You know, look at what Lowe had at Plymouth. You were paying players peanuts, really, and getting them to, you know, when he left the top half of the League One. You know, I, I get, obviously, he's, he's only a full season. He finished, what, 20th? Not great. But then when you're paying players less than two grand a week on average at Plymouth... And it's still performing, you know, and trying to compete with the big boys, you know, your Portsmouth, your Charlton, your Sunderland, your Sheffield, your Wednesdays, you know, your Wiggins, your Rotherhams that have come down from the, the championship and have got, you know, a few quid about, and maybe not so much in Wiggins' case after the administration, but the new owners who aren't afraid to part with the cash, you know, to get them to where they need to be, you know, and he's he's got them up there. I'm not fully sold on mine, like, don't get me wrong, I'm like, I still have concerns, especially tactically, but you can't really knock the job he's done since he's come in because especially what he's done with the fan base. I mean, you know, that Cameron Archer thing that, you know, while they're walking around getting Cameron Archer to do fist bump for the town and, you know, fans love that. You know, fa- you know, fans are really bought into Ryan Lowe and he, he knows what he's doing, you know, from a PR perspective and from a getting the fans on side point of view. And, you know, hopefully it's shown with the season ticket sales as well. You know, think full circle, you know, 50%, what is it, 50% of the three and a half thousand that have bought so far didn't have a season ticket last year. Uh, yeah, it's perfect for the club. Club are rubbing their hands, thinking, you know, we've got the right guy in charge, and it's it's paying dividends in terms of people parting with the money. Do you think it's right to say that people have bought into Ryan Lowe the person, but there's still some question marks over Ryan Lowe the football coach? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Only ever really played one one way, hasn't he, since he came? And I think yeah, well, seen, that I was think... my next point. Was obviously he plays a three-five-two. There's lots of talk of this brand of football. Have, have any of you three seen anything from from that that makes you think there is something there long term? Well, let's it... be fair. Let's be fair, Jake. The brand of football is absolutely poles apart compared to what the brand of football was previously. Yeah. You know, look at I've not updated my spready like, but you know, we're averaging 427 <laughs> passes a game against Frankie's 359. You know, yeah. we, were comp- we were having less long balls. We were having more dribbles. You know, we were having more crosses into the box. Our possession was higher. We were getting more shots away. We were conceding less shots on goal. No wonder all the metrics are, are in a better place under Ryan Lowe because it's it's there in, in terms of game state, you know, in terms of what's actually happened on the field of play. So, yeah, of course the brand of football is better. Is, is it the perfect brand of football? Mm. Everyone's got an opinion on three five two in terms of whether it's too defensive or not. But my concern is is when it's not working, Alo Rovers, you know, when he changed to a four at the back, went a four diamond two, and we've got absolutely pasted in second half. You know, we didn't lay all the glove on Rovers because the, the the shape just didn't work. You know, so that 
changing shape to change a game element, I do have a little bit of concern over. But compared to what we we're used to the first 20 games of the season, it's you know, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, it, when you're talking about the brand, when you're talking about the brand of football, um, City have just scored it. When you're talking about the brand of football, it, like Jimmy says, you can compare it to Frankie or you can compare it to sort of the extremes in the league. So I think Swansea is still... Swansea, who obviously anyone who knows Russell Martin, is very extreme style of football from the keeper. No two ways about it. They're still making 150 more open play passes per game than us. And that's a real possession side. So North End are very mid-table with these uh, passing metrics and possession metrics at the moment. So I don't think the style is particularly eye-catching. There's been some good performances, but if you look at the actual style, how do we start to play? Are we very patient? I don't think we're, you know, I wouldn't class us as a patient pass inside just yet. I think there's still quite a long way to go. If, you, if People who've watched Plymouth this season will notice there's a big difference between us and Plymouth. Obviously, he's only been here four or five months. Um, if he wants to get to that, then fine, but he's going to struggle with the current defenders that he's got. Personnel is important, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's if you're talking about the Batman game before, I mean, you can change shape, but you also look to the bench. You know, Sinclair, you know, was Rafferty on the bench that day. You know, I mean, come on, he he must have been as soon as he came in, he must have just been waiting till the summer straight off. So it's it'd be interesting to see how things look at the start of next season, um, and then you know how does he change games then when he's got he's got more options to pick up. But I think he's made it quite clear, Jake, that he three five two is his system. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. I think he's actually said that in the press quite recently. Um, so I think I've yeah, said this privately. He, I can't remember he... if I said this to you, Jake, or George, or to the group chat. I think it's very hard as a small club at a level to get in the top six with a very extreme style of football. How do you dominate teams with low budget players? Lewis, no, they're the most pragmatic team in the league. They don't have their own style of football. Same as Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. They're very pragmatic. Like how, how can a team get in the top six playing 60% possession football with subpar players for the level? I've well, yet to see I don't think I've really seen it happen at championship level. Alex couldn't do it, could he? We were very pragmatic under him and he got us to seventh. You know, it worked, it worked with Alex. But I think North End were probably the third or fourth most aggressive pressing team in the league. We had a very defined style. We were a transition pressing team. Mm. And it got a seventh flag. I've yet to see a possession-based side, you know, with an extreme brand of football with subpar players getting the playoffs. I just don't think it happens. Even Even players, because of the subpar player. players. Sorry, Jim. I don't think it would happen because of the subpar player subpar players base. Because if you don't have players that are the right quality for the level. You can play gung ho football, and you'll get caught out at the back. You know it's it's going to have that fine balance. That if you've got a great defence and maybe a weaker attack, then you can sort of finish tenth, ninth. You know because you don't don't you know Simon Grayson style of play when you know he didn't leak a lot of goals, but we were pretty bobbins going forward. You know forty five yeah. goals I think we scored in one of the seasons, so we didn't score a lot of goals mm. under low. We've not scored tons of goals, if we're completely honest. I think we've only scored three goals twice. 
Yeah, we don't, we've not scored that many. We've not scored that many. And, you know, don't get me wrong, we were great against um, Middlesbrough. You know, that I, that was the best performance under low for me. I thought Emil Reese was outstanding. I thought the midfield ticked. I thought the McCann-DJ partnership was really good. But how, if DJ steps into midfield, McCann drops to, to foot wing back. It was just a lot of little, little tactical tweaks that I thought, yeah, he's got, this is class, you know, and, and, and how we sort of did it right. Is that going to happen over 46 games of a season? Don't know, you know, because at the end of the day, he needs to bring reinforcements in. Is he going to get the back? And it's a, it's a wider discussion, really. Is he yeah. going to get the back in? How much has he got to spend? You know, are we going to get beaten to players because the free agency market is going to be absolutely, you know, rabid with players this summer, this summer because there's that many out of contracts. You know, there's that many clubs that are looking for a bargain. You know, the lad that's gone from Forest Greens today, Rob Edwards, you know, what's the chance of Kane Wilson now rocking up at Watford it, come July? Quite high, I'd have thought. You know, and that would be a, a fullback that'd be on our radar as a, as a right wing back because realistically, we've got Potsy, that's it now, you know, especially after all the changes. So we're probably going to get beat to a player of that calibre by a bigger club because ultimately that's what it's all about, isn't it, really? It's about getting the results right on the pitch and getting the right players in. So. I think I don't. I'm not sure if the championship's going to be as average next season as it was this. You know, we had a lot of problems this year in the championship: Reading, Derby, the top six. <clears throat> only two, you know, two that came down have gone back straight back up. What West Brom have finished what just above us. You know, that probably won't happen again next year. Wouldn't have thought. Mm. Uh, you know, the teams that are coming down, Burnley are probably the problem if they if they do come down. You know, because I don't think they're going to have a great deal of money to spend. If Leeds come down instead of them, then they'll, I think, they'd bounce straight back up personally. You know, Norwich always there or thereabouts because they're a yo yo club. Watford, I think they've got a great manager coming that they've poached today. I think he's he's very good um, in terms of style of play as well. Um, so that'd be, that'd be really interesting. And what's coming up, you know, Wigan, got a lot to expect. Rotherham, always like, Bottom six, aren't they really? Then who comes out of the playoffs? Who comes out of the playoffs? If Sunderland come up under Alex Neal, sorry, not allowed to mention his name, they won't be bottom six. They, they will might not be. be bottom six. They will not be bottom six. They might be. Ali, they won't be bottom six. They won't be bottom six. But like, they will not be bottom six. Yeah, just. The thing and that's that not me saying me, we will be, by the way. That's yeah, not me saying we will be. I'm just saying like the, the championship isn't gonna be a shit next season. This this is what worries me because I think Preston, I think we've had the three loanees have been amongst the three best loanees we've had in a decade or whatever. It just feels like can can we replace that with as much quality next season? Or has this been a wasted season because we appointed Frankie on the back of you know five wins in eight when nothing mattered? Um so, but if you look, people are using Huddersfield and Luton a lot as benchmarks now, but they're not asked about a brand of football. So I'm, this is the only thing I'm concerned about. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of our fans don't like, um, didn't used to like the previous regime focusing on the opposition and tweaking things. But that is the most effective way to win games when you've got subpar players, I think. I think it's so much easier to set up and stifle teams than implement your style of football. Because realistically, Andrew Hughes, Patrick Bauer and Jordan Story is a back three, for example. Over a season, can they really implement the style of football that Ryan Lowe wants to an extreme and dominate teams? I don't really think they can. So 
And I think two of them are going to be starting next season. I think Bauer and Hughes, you're probably going to say starting next season. I've got my concerns about Bauer long-term um, and Hughes, to be honest, and Potts. Um, you know, so there's a lot of question marks still for me. I think some of these players are slightly overrated. Um, and if he wants to play such a brand of football, he's going to need just much better ball players. So I, I am slightly concerned about Obviously, summer recruitment's been poor for years. So, you know, it's a massive summer. And I, I feel this this was a season definitely wasted. Yeah. Well, obviously, the retain list just been published. In terms of the lads that have been kept at the squad, uh, sorry, the lads that have been kept at the club that now make up the squad, I'll just go, go through them one by one. And I just want each one of you to... We'll probably end up having a discussion over one or two, two or three. But just short and sweet, Key poor cell. When I, when How I long is this podcast going to be? <laughs> a long one. We've not recorded for two months. I, I, you have clipped record, haven't you? That's right. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we'll start start with Adam O'Reilly. Can I just say, someone's got to buy him if you're going to sell him. Yeah. But it, we're talking probably, well, we are talking very hypothetically, aren't we? Um, if it was as easy as keep or sell, Adam O'Reilly. So. So, no one, no one buys him. What, um, even in Ireland? No. Who's going to pay money for Ireland? Money? You just take a nominal sell. fee, don't you? Or, or free or whatever, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you just get, you sell, just get I mean, rid of let, let him go. <laughs> Keep or sack off. <laughs> okay. So, Adam, Adam O'Reilly, sack off. Never going to make it in championship level, unfortunately. Yeah. Alan McCann. No. Keep. 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 Alan Brown. Keep, keep. Ben Whiteman. Keep, keep, keep. Andrew Hughes. Keep, keep. Brad Potts. Sell, sell, keep. Squad, squad player Jim. Yeah. Chad Evans. Sell, sell. Sorry, George. (laughs) No one buys him. Daniel Johnson. Keep, keep. Give him three Uh, years. Give him three years now. Yeah, he's only got one more year left on his deal, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh. Is this 2019? <laughs> Come around quick already, hasn't it? Um, Emil, I think I know what the answer is going to be for this one from all Keep. of you. Keep, yeah. He's all right. Uh, Greg? So, yeah, I'd get rid. No one buys him, unfortunately. But Just, he's got a year to go. You keep him in the squad for me for, for the next 12 months. Jordan Story. Sell. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Jordan. Josh Hill. Sell. Sell. Sorry, I, I can't believe all he said. What's he I can't said? believe all he just said. Josh Hill. Yes. Well, where's he going to play under Ryan Lowe? I don't know if the club buys him, but I believe um, he's, I believe is a is a is a left back for me. I don't believe he's left centre back, and he's definitely not a left wing back. There's no room. He's not going to play, and he's been he got thrown in for 45 minutes at Fulham, just to kill him even more. And it worked. Fans hate him. So um, this this one's an obvious one, but Josh Harrop keep. <laughs> Scored against Crystal Palace for United. Yeah, get rid. 
No one buys him. Lewis Coulton. Sell. He's just loaning him out, don't you? Yeah. Think. So, We've uh, just offered him a new deal, so I don't think we're going to sell him. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, to be fair to Coulton, uh, the lads that we give a year to last year, he's, the, he's probably one of the only ones that have actually gone out on loan and actually done really well for himself. You know, he's part and parcel at Warrington. I know it's not a great level of football, but hopefully he gets a step up if he goes out on loan first half of the season. You know, maybe to a, a National League, National League North sort of side and actually gets minutes. Could, could be a player, six foot, Scotland Youth International. Walks all out and I've seen him. Not, don't be wrong, he's not like the finished article by any stretch of the imagination, but he's got something. Yeah. Keep for me. Liam Lindsay. So, in an ideal world, yeah. So, I mean, we're going to have no one left at this rate. That's what I mean. That's my issue. Like, we, we, we yeah, we, Jake said we, it was hypothetical. So, yeah. They can all fuck off. <laughs> all the Sundays, another one. I think I know the answer for all, all three of you. It's, it's, it's also that picture of all the lads out on the piss the other night. I didn't actually thought he, I didn't think he existed. <laughs> I was like, who's this guy with the little afro? I just found someone to just like get a photo with the lads or something. <laughs> Patrick Bauer. Keep for now. Yeah. Jim. Mm. On the fence. I'm worried about I his hope. injury. I'm worried. I'm worried about his injury now because yeah. he played yeah, a know. lot of last season injured. You could just tell, like yeah. he was just one night. I'm, I'm, and Achilles injury is tough to come back from when he's when he's ruptured it. You know, uh, players often aren't the same. Like he's had some good games this season, but to play how many games has he played this year? About 30, 35? Can I can I just say I hope Jimmy gets slated for this because I said this in like February, March and there was literally 30 comments saying I've committed a sin he's not the player he was he doesn't really suit Ryan Lowe's style of football mm. 34 games he's played in the yeah. league so 34 out of 46 I, I just worry and this is just me being brutally honest I just worry about this this Achilles and whether we need to manage it in the right way next season because I don't think he's as nimble nimble yeah, Nimble's probably the best way to describe it, uh, as he was pre-injury. You know, he's 29. Well, you know, he'd be 30 come Christmas. Tougher, you know, it's a, it's an age where, like, as a footballer, as a centre-half, you know, he should be at his peak now. And it's like, I'm just a little... I am twitchy about this injury he's got. You get him he's isolated and you're in big trouble. Yeah. And, and spun a lot. Ryan, Ryan Lowe seems to put a lot of emphasis on part as well and that, that centre centre back um in his system. And I'm not I think we played better with Diaby there to be honest. Yeah I'm not I'm not games. convinced Pat's up to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, oh God bless him. Yeah I do like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just see him like twitching. The old nose scratch there. Yeah, we'll brush over Bambo. Um, Ryan Ledson. So. I'd keep him. I think he was all yours. He was all yours player of the seasons last season, weren't he? So he's had obviously a bad season by that by that standard. So. His scouts is going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> New four-year deal on the way. Sean Maguire. So. Yeah, so. 
Uh, Sad, but yeah. Yeah. Um, last but not least, and again, another really obvious one, but Tom Bayless. So, yeah. Yeah, I think. What? One league, one single-handedly, if you if you follow him on Instagram. Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, you know, if in an ideal world, if you're looking at the squad that we've got left, I think all of us would do away with quite a few more there, and, and you could argue that there's actually still quite a lot of work left to do, but obviously... I think it was interesting on the retain list, you said three players were for sale, weren't they? But I think they'll listen to offers for four or five or six more. Because obviously I'm a big fan of Sean Maguire. I think he is quite misunderstood and I think he does have a lot to offer in in this system. But realistically, we can do a lot better. I think given the fact that Maguire was linked away in January, they probably look at it and think, well, we could probably get something for him. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other ones have had, well, all of Sunday has been injured. Harrop has done nothing for two years and Bayliss has played, what, seven games for Wigan. So they're pretty much surplus to requirements and we'll take whatever we can get. But they're probably keeping the cards a bit close to the chest with the the other ones on there who they get rid of. Yeah, because I think there is probably one or two, two or three on that list that they will be trying to get moves for. I think people underestimate what the summer can be, to be honest, because... I don't think we've actually got much to build off. You know, when you take the lone players out and actually look at the rest of the squad, mm. there's not, especially when you're talking about, you know, a brand of football that we want to play. And you look at the midfielders alone, you know, you know, I like Brown, I love Brown, but, you know, is he is he a midfielder who can get on the ball and dictate, you know, is he is he going to be comfortable in that? Um, wing-backs are an issue. Potts, you know, he's played there towards the end of the season, but he's not a wing-back, is he? Let's face it. And he's not going to be a wing-back on the low long-term. Because um, I thought it was interesting what Lowe said about Brown, because when Brown scored for Ireland, he said, I'd love to get Brown in the box more, but we don't have people who can cross the ball, which I thought the other day when he scored, when Potts crossed it and he scored, that's more what you want from Alan Brown, isn't it? You don't want yeah. him coming too deep. So you do wonder whether if we get proper wing-backs in and people who are going to put balls in the box for Brown, he can be a different player. But I just don't think, I just don't think the squad is... Question, Brownie. Yeah. Go on. How many wing-backs can cross the ball? Well, <laughs> well, you know, well, it's a, it's a pot, tough pot, skill. Pot, it's a, Pot's it's crossed a the ball skill. the other day. <laughs> Brown scored, but yeah. Yeah, but like, probably one in 20 will go on someone's head. It's so inefficient as a way of creating chances, just statistically. And it's so hard to find good crosses of the ball. Yeah, but you know, what we've got at the minute, I mean, Cunningham against Blackburn, I mean, he hardly got out of our own half. I know he, well, he, he kind of did forgot, a little bit. I forgot his walking goal, stick, but, didn't he? Yeah. I was, I was watching him warm up the other day and he looked he looked done when he was warming up. I, yeah. just, I felt a bit sorry for him, really. What was the game where someone had to go wing back and Greg had to move into midfield? It was, it was last... Rovers, wasn't it? I can't, no. Alan McCann went to wing yeah. back and Greg moved into centre mid. Yeah. Painful, painful, painful. And that's another one, you know, recruitment again. Like, why did we bother? <laughs> you know, uh, Lindsay, Cunningham and, and Evans towards the end of last season. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, well, uh, That's why it's, it's so important this summer, like, in terms of the recruitment side of things. You know, we're probably going to have eight players come through the door, fall over these four perms, I thought. That'd be sort of the ballpark for grab looking at. You know, another probably four to go out. I think it's just so important to get it right. Yeah. Can't keep a four into 
spaff money on on crap. You know, I mean, because we've well, done it for so long. I think this window's been built up massively, partly by low, but I think everyone's expecting a lot this window. And it is so tough to do it in one window. Mm. If you just look at the keeper situation, we need two or three keepers for a start. Like, are we going to sign two or three keepers? I think they could get away with only signing two and promoting someone like Pradich from the youth as like the third choice. Yeah, maybe, but you got to still sign two move. keepers. How do you sign two keepers when you know one of them's, unless you sign like an Andrew Lonergan type of that age? Yeah, yeah. We, we did surely, it, didn't we do it in the season that, that we signed? Did we do Andrew that? Lonergan sitting on the bench every week at that age? Mm. Be good to have I think having someone with the experience he's had over the past three years. Yeah. It's good to have in it's good to have in your dressing room, isn't it? Yeah. He was under he was under Pickford, wasn't he? Mm. Um for a bit. It probably would have helped him out a little bit as well. Didn't, didn't That's we what I was it? touching on before. I think you, you listen to people and they think we're gonna get playoffs next season and you're like it, it's a massive job this summer. There's yeah. a lot, a lot to do. Um so you know, you've got to be a little bit more realistic, I think. If you're looking at probably two keepers, maybe a centre-back, a couple of wing-backs, maybe a number 10 type, and maybe a couple of strikers, which is probably what Jimmy said about eight, is it? So Yeah, I think we need eight. I think we need a lone keeper. Because I'd go a lone keeper as your first choice. Mm-hmm. And then I'd bring in a backup, you know, like a Lonergan type as your, as your number two, so three. You know, maybe pick up a someone who's been released as an under-18. Um, from you know local academies etc. As your as your third choice, you know sort of training ground keeper, someone to that might be worth developing if in the central league, you know, get them game time there. I'd keep credit for the youth team so we can get twenty odd games under his belt because you know he'll probably get a pro. I think you know judging by what he's done this year, if he, if he does the same again next year and kicks on, then I think we might have a good in there. You know, so we'll wait and see on that front. Youth team next season, you know, looks fairly decent you know quite a lot of Preston lads in there but the playing teams aren't great you know in terms of quality you know they're not playing Premier League under 18s they're playing you know a lot of League 1 League 2 under 18s teams because of Category 3 which isn't their fault because you can only beat what's in front of you ultimately but like we'd like to get these lads tested ideally you know rather than it just be playing Rochdale Salford Morecambe etc you know in the in the Alliance League and um, so yeah, a lone keeper, lone centre half, ideally right sided. Th- I'd go for if we can get a left wing back as a as a lone, you know, Ryan Giles type of player maybe. Um, you know, if we if you can get Ryan Giles and you can play in forty games, you know, a quality wing back, great for me. And then a centre forward, you know, it doesn't have to be Cameron Archie. You know, Cam's done great since he's been here, but there'll be a lot of opportunities from different loan clubs for next season given the experience we've given these lads this year you know the, it's probably put us in good stead hasn't it really you know you look at what we've done with Sep Iverson's played every single game in the championship last season you know Cameron's played what every game since he's been here played a part in every game since he's been, that he's been available for probably so you know I think you know a lot of Premier League clubs are thinking oh you know what Preston might be a good good spot you know yeah. you know they've got a decent oh, all right training ground Manager's quite charismatic, you know, playing all right around the football. Mm, yeah, why not? Why not go there? I just worry slightly about our squad building if we're going to be going down three, four, five loans again because the only one we can really sell is Reese at the yeah. moment. 
So I just worry about becoming too reliant because in the past we've had a decent pipeline, Ben Davis, Ben Pearson, Robinson, Hugel, etc. Um, if we go down, if obviously Ryan Lowe spoke, sp- spoke about wanting championship experience, if we go down that combined with the loans, you're having to rebuild every summer. Um, so obviously recruitment is very important. Yeah, because you, you um, can rely too heavily on loans, can't you? And then every window, every summer window, it comes back to you're in the same yeah. position you were 12 months ago. Yeah. The championship experience thing is something we've heard countless times before. Yeah, it's, not um, happen, is it, yeah, really? it's, it's easier said than done. I think he's been quite clever with what he's done. He's kind of distanced himself away from the actual people that do the deals. And he said, I, you know, I, I've got market insights in, I'm doing this, this and that, and then I'll leave it to Peter to do his work. And he's pretty much said, mm-hmm. I'll identify the players. If they don't get hold of them, it's not my fault. He's kind of put a little bit of pressure on there, which again is what he's good at. He's very good with the, you know, the media yeah. and saying the right thing. And I think ultimately transfers cause the end of Alex Neal or transfer tension and not getting players he wanted and not replacing players. Obviously, we're not going to have to replace... Well, we're going to have to replace the loanees, but no players are going to be sold from under his feet, are they, this summer? You'd hope not. But it'll be interesting to see what happens if he doesn't really get the players he wants. But obviously, I hope he does. Just on that, then. So, hypothetically, a club comes in with 8 million quid for Reese. What do you do? I think he'd want more than 8 mil. I'm not, yeah, that's 8 to, eight to 10. That sort of figure. Half it, and you're guaranteed half of it back that you can play with a play with in the window. I wouldn't trust North End with five mil, me. <laughs> it's five million a lot. It's not really a lot. You can easily splash that on three shit players, can't you? If we're being honest, well, we've done that before. Yeah. Well, not, not that they're shit players, but we spent five million in the last few windows pretty much on Reese, Whiteman, and Ali. Well, to be fair, them three are decent. No, yeah, that's no. what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're shit players, but that's three players there. And I think Peter actually said that it was four million exactly on those three. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, three players, and that's that money gone like that yeah, straight away. That's what I mean. I think it is getting very hard to sign these type of players for sub three, four mil. Like transfer fees are just crazy now. So look at Scott Twine. He's got three million quid for him, and he's what a League Two player, League One, League One now. Well, yeah, League One from Cadon. Yeah, so three million quid. For a kid that's never played in the championship before, that's like, it's like mm-hmm. it's a good player, like, but three million quid. I'm just uh, I just have that sort of mm. it's just, you know, that there's, there's better at MK, Jimmy. There's better players than MK as well. I liked that kid who went to Celtic. You were shouting out oh. about for ages, weren't you? Oh, Riley. Oh, Riley, yeah. Never so, heard like, of him. I, all right. More a player. Yeah. But yeah, like three million for Scott Twine. There's some other good players at that level. We can't sign the best ones at that level, so it's it's going to be tough. So if you sold Reese for eight mil, and you saw five, I don't see how the five is going to replace what Emil Reese gives you. That's fair enough. And there's no what? guarantee would even get get the five. I mean, I know things have changed slightly since um, obviously Trevor's unfortunate passing, but is it going to change that much? Where we're going to see that level of money come back in because we never saw it with Trevor in charge did we just going to have to wait and see but like like you've just said though we have spent in the past few windows haven't we we mm. have to be fair to him we have spent a million plus probably four or five times haven't we yeah it's been been one sort of big signing if you will big in inverted commas 
Um, I think it's the rest that goes with it that's the issue. It's all the it's all the it's all the you know the fringe that comes with it. Yeah, we can't be two out of five in terms of transfers, can we? Let's be fair. We need to be getting spot on, ideally going forward. It's the taking a chance on people who've got bad injury records and and all that sort of thing, really. Where it's it, it you need to cut that for out. For me, it's the ones who score screamers for Lambert Ridge, like too good to turn down. Yeah, in terms of goalkeepers, then obviously we've not got a senior goalkeeper on the books at the minute. In terms of style when it comes to keepers, what, what do you think Lowe is likely to go for? You know, Do you think he's looking for someone who is quite quite good with the ball at the feet? Do you think he's looking for maybe a bit more of an all-rounder, shot-stopper? Well, hi, do you want a goalkeeper to, shot, to stop shots? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. What they paid to do. Like, do you, do you um, think he's going to put emphasis on someone who's particularly good with the ball at the feet over certain other aspects of the game? I think he'll want someone better in his, with his feet than Iverson was, as good as Iverson was in his player of the year, but I think he'll want a little bit more out of it. His goalkeeper. I can't disagree. Um, I don't see Iverson coming back. That's me, I He just... There's no chance he's coming back. He basically said goodbye, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, pretty if, much. If you look from his point of view, if you look from Iverson's point of view, how does he benefit from a third loan at North yeah. End? There's a ceiling and he's probably reached it at North End. So he needs yeah. to move on to the next step now. Do you think he needs to be looking at a permanent move away from Leicester? No. Better than the no, I think a loan, no. a, a loan maybe in a, a better European club. And then he's number one at Leicester for me when Schmeichel goes. I think Schmeichel's 37, is he? 36? 36. So he's probably got to wait one season, maybe. Or maybe even in summer, Schmeichel gets injured. Take your chance. Yeah. I don't see how he can come back to North End. No. no. In terms of, I know we seem to talk about midfielders at North End every transfer window, but Whiteman, do you think we've really got cover for him in the squad? Do you think that's a, an area that would maybe be toward the top of Lowe's list for a, an incoming and equally DJ. I think you can argue we don't have cover for him either. Difficulty you have is when you've got a player who's, you know, one player in that position, really. Um, you know, are you coming in to be on the bench for when Whiteman gets injured? You're not, are you? Um, I mean, people have said that Ledson can play there, but I don't see it in the same way. Um, so... Ideally, you'd want someone in, you know, a Whiteman injury, and it completely changes the way we play. But it's difficulty trying to persuade someone to come. Obviously, if you get someone better than Whiteman, then it's all right, isn't it? But are we going to be able to, you know, well, there's a certain flash player, the cash on a... There's a certain player we sold for peanuts about 18 months ago that's probably not going to get, get on a loan for um, a Premier League <laughs> club next season, isn't there? Be and, he'd be, and he'd be very good in that Whiteman role yeah that yeah. is like his perfect yeah. sort of role in it like um, to be fair to him yeah I think it's such a niche role there's not many players about like that who can control the tempo like that look Whiteman's for me has improved as well this season mm. uh, you know Pearson's outstanding um, interesting to see what happens with him I hope he doesn't go on loan to a Stoke or something boring I really want him to flourish somewhere I can um, see him going to Burnley mate I'd, I wouldn't mind that, to be honest. I think he'd do well for him. But, yeah. I, the thing with me, with midfield, I think 
in the group chat last night, someone said probably not going to sign one because we've got five or six. But if you like break it down into compartments, we've got Ben Whiteman for that six role. Daniel Johnson's the only natural number 10. And you've got McCann, Ledson and Brown who are just, you know, just midfielders. They're not really specifics. And I think Ryan Lowe wants very specific roles within his team. Um, mm. And if DJ got injured, you would struggle for creativity, I think. So, you know, and DJ's numbers have been outstanding since Lowe came in. But a lot of his metrics have been very good. I think he's quite underrated by certain sections. So I'd, certain, I'd certainly be looking for another attacking one, me. Um, I don't think we can sign a Whiteman type because Whiteman's going to start when he's fit, any. Um, unless he goes too deeper on one higher, in which case you can probably play McCann deeper. Um, I'm not sure Brown has enough to progress the ball to play deeper. Brown's the one for me where I'm not really sure exactly where he fits. Um, a bit like Bauer, I'm not sure how what, much long term there is in, in the low system, so we'll have to wait and see. Difficult, so, isn't it? You know, captain of the club mm-hmm. in the summer, big move, isn't it? If you if you phase him out or if you make a I still think he's going to I think he's going to still start a lot of games next season but just sign the new deal as well yeah but what does he do for you in a possession based team I'm just not too sure I really like him and I've loved him as a, as a player and I still like him he's got a lot to offer when he attacks the box but apart from that I don't know I just I think he's the lesser of the three midfielders in terms of quality in which case he's the most easily upgradable I'm just looking at DJ's minutes since Lowe's come in. I think he's only missed one game. He's missed... Oh, sorry. I'm lying. He's missed three. He missed West Brom when we won. Missed Bristol City when we drew two apiece. And he missed the Millwall away game when he played night, when he wasn't in the squad. But he was injured. He was on and off with injury, weren't he, around that sort of time? Went away with Jamaica as well, didn't he? Yeah. So, but apart from that, I mean, I think he's only... He missed three minutes against Stoke. He missed one minute against Barnsley. 90-90. Everything is 90. He came on against Hull when we won there. And since then, he's played every minute of every game since when it, since he come back from injury against Hull. And that was the 5th of Feb. And he's not he's not even come off as a sub since. You know, I think he's he's flourished under low. You know, four goals in that time as well since start of Feb. Just as many, well, five bookings as well, you know. So, no one's telling me that DJ don't put a graft in and don't put a shift in, you know, because a lot of these, those yellows are naughty little yellows as well. Like, you know, taps of the ankles, you know, taking the tactical foul. And he's so loud on the pitch. I mean, obviously I'm quite low down on the Invincibles, like, but you can hear DJ, you know, and he's very vocal in terms of his presence. So he's I think not. if he played the full season under low. Yeah. Double figures. I think he could have been up there well, as well, best player. I remember when uh, Ollie, yeah. when you came on the Huddersfield game and we drew nil nil, and you said to me, maybe not in that game in particular, but you, any opportunity you get, just spend five minutes and just watch DJ. Don't watch anything else, just watch yeah. DJ. It was that game, I remember saying. And I've, I've done it a few times since, and yeah. it's, it's fascinating to watch him because he's. it's something that I don't think a lot of people notice. He's constantly scanning, constantly yeah. looking for the space. Looking at his position and seeing where yeah. opponent players are, where his teammates are, and stuff like that that goes unnoticed by fans, and he, he gets he's never it's like bad rap, doesn't he? Like oh, he's lazy, he doesn't work hard. He's not. 
I think he's not lazy. Jake, the thing for me is, in his seven years, whatever, at North End, he's never played in an attacking team. Mm. We've never seen the best Daniel Johnson, and and no one asked because... When he first came in in League One? Yeah, maybe. League One? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's always played in pragmatic teams, where he's on transition and pressing as part of his shape. Honestly, I think if he played for a team like Swansea or the Bournemouth down the years, I think you'd see a completely different perception of him as a player. I think he's so creative. And it was that Huddersfield game because I was on the finney with you and when he was drifting towards that left side, he's just so intelligent and making little adjustments to receive the ball, receives it so well and he's got a picture straight away. Little slide passes. Full season, he can probably push for a double-double, which I think... Not many players have done at this level this season. I think Jed Wallace did it. Jed Obviously, Wallace. a few of us. Um, I think he's. I think he's that good. In terms of strikers, then obviously we've still got Sean Maguire on the books. Still got Chad Evans on the books. Cameron Archer's gone back. There's no question about Emil Reese. He's going nowhere. But think... uh, question from some: Well, would you start Reese or Evans in some games. Question from: He's not here to defend himself. Where, where is he? Where is Mister Hodgson? <laughs> Um, yeah where do you stand on the striking department I know we touched on it before with you Jim but Cam's gone back you know we need at least one one other forward to come in but I think there's there's an argument to say that potentially both Shawnee and Ched could be off it needs improvement doesn't it really well, we'll know what striker he wants to bring in. You know, he's a striker himself. Is you know, I think we're all aware. So, like, I think he knows what he wants to bring in for the up top department. You know, ideally, you want to build it around Reese, don't you? You know, in an ideal situation, bring in somebody that's similar to Cameron Arch. You know, in terms of can hold up the ball. You know, strong little player, Cameron Archer. You know, knows where the net is. Very good from six yards out. You know, in terms of like. The balls are, you know, that ch- the handball situation against um, Middlesbrough. You know, he's created the situation himself, and you know, Paddy McNair's had an absolute nightmare on it. Really, you know, just just let it hit you or let it go in. Don't get yourself sent off because you just killed you killed you any chance of getting back in the game at that point. But yeah, I think you, you, for, for me personally, you build it round base and you you get a partner in for him. You get another add-on you know in terms of uh, I think you always need a quality third choice partner you know so if you know Reese goes off the boil or the low and he gets injured or you know doesn't hit the ground you've got somebody there waiting in the wings that wants to perform and um, I know it's not as simple as that you know but I think you do need a couple of enforcements up there without a shadow of a doubt Would you take Andre Gray? I know we've been linked with him haven't we but is he someone that you'd you'd be Pleased to see come in, or not too fussed, or not happy about. Mm. Screams a Sinclair type yeah. sign. Yeah. Just what's the point, Jake? What's the point? Come on now. Yeah. The thing for me with Reese is obviously you would build around him, but I still don't think the system gets the best out of him. I really don't. And obviously he has scored a lot of goals because, you know, if when he's played a run of games, he's performed for me. Um, for me, an ideal partner for Reese would be just a pure second striker. Let Reese do the opposite work, let him run away, like his little movement across the line the other day. I think he's had 26 offsides this season. He wants to go one way, he doesn't want to come towards the ball. Let him go away from the ball. 
people are asking him, well, Ryan Lowe's asking him to come towards the ball and combine. He's not that kind of player. And, mm. and when he has played poorly in some games, the thing for me is, and I do feel the same about Josh Earl and a few others, the playing sometimes in positions or the playing systems or styles, they're being asked to do things that they are poor at doing. They're going to look shit. Like, you're asking Josh Earl to take players on 1v1. You're asking Reese to come towards the ball. You're asking Brown to progress the ball from deep. You're asking Bauer to be isolated and play out. They can't, they're not that kind of player. I think you have to fit them into a system that suits them. Um, so you need like, and this is why I think Maguire would be a good, if Maguire could score you five or 10 goals, I think he'd be ideal for Reese next season. But obviously he's forgot his shooting boots and, or he's lost them. He's lost them five years ago. But like, you, you, I think you need a second striker, basically. Not someone who wants to run away. Um, and Cameron Archer, for his age, is so well-rounded as the number nine. It's unbelievable. So if you don't get him back, you're going to struggle. Reese has improved that side of his game, though. Um, he's definitely improved. If he plays like he did the other day, I mean, he was, he was, he was excellent the other day. Yeah. Best game in an offense shirt. Um, but I, would I, say, I get what you're saying. But I would say, though, the other day, I watched it back. It's There's so much space mm. because they had to go for it. There's so much space the other day. So it reminded me a bit of the Huddersfield away game where he was amazing, Emil, because mm. it was one-on-one so often and he was isolated or he was making little darting movements. It's the games against like just the boring teams where why is he coming into the second line t- to lay it off? To like, wh- wh- why? He's not that kind of player. So I think a lot of, obviously he scored 21. That's not enough for some people, but Get him in the box, get him around the box. He'll score 15, 20. Don't ask him to do the other stuff for me. So that's up to Ryan Lowe to get the best out of him. And I don't think he works particularly well with Chad Evans, to be honest. Like, it's very static when Evans on the pitch. There's no counter movements, really. And who's playing him in and who's creating space for him? Because Evans doesn't really occupy two defenders. He only occupies one and he loses headers. So, and obviously, if Archer doesn't come back, you, you arguably need two or three strikers and you need to get at least one or two that are going to play with Reese. It's tough. What's um, what's crap with Liam Delap at City? Is he still injured? I'm not sure. That's the route we probably end up going down, under 23's route. Yeah. But if you bring in someone that's an under 23, you're probably going to have to play him every week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've been linked with Alfie May today. I hope, I hope we're not, but like... Yeah. Sure. Can't imagine that. That's an age. Is, is he not like 30? He's getting on he's 28. He's 30 in some years. I think he's 29. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's... Been around for, he's been around for absolutely ages. He's never done anything. Mm. So It's his agent trying to get him a nice little last minute, yeah. well, last chance move in it, I think. Yeah. I think to play in the championship, you've got to have more than just physicality as well. You know, when we signed Stockley, you know, he, he was great in league two. You know, he's done all right in League One for himself this season. I think he's got 20 goals in all comps, you know, a lot from the penalty spotlight. But you've got to have more than just physicality. You've got to have an all-round game. You've got to have pace. You've got to have power. You've got to have, you know, a degree of strength. You've, you know, because it's not just about being a, a physical striker in the Championship. Stockley, Stockley physical. No, it was just six foot. It was just six foot and like looked big. Tree. I like, I like doing gymnastics, but, um, <laughs> but it's like Cole Stockton. I don't want Cole Stockton. 
you know, he's 28. And it's like, no. Would we get linked with Stockton if he wasn't Scouse? Or wasn't I, s- I still think so. I still think maybe, but like... We're just one of them clubs, aren't we, that just seem like we're just easy to chuck in with like your Millwall, QPR. Because everyone knows what our transfer policy yeah. is like. We, yeah. we probably have looked at him. You know, it's, let's, let's, let's be blunt. Yeah. Mm. What about the, um, the lad who are linked with from Plymouth, Hardy? Could we go back in for him? Yeah, don't know. Again, does he suit Reese playing with Reese? I don't know, quite rangy with his movement. Mm. I know Norwich are coming down and we've done the old players to death, but Hugo? Nah, what's the point now? I was going to say, do you think he's either past it or do you think he would even fit in a system with a meal? Nah, definitely not for me. I love him, I love the guy, but... Yeah, I love him as well, but he just... Carter. I think going back into players is just... Just keep away from it, really. Yeah. And then, what about that kid that was at Ellie um, Sims? Had an all right second half of the season up at Hearts. And it would wind them lot up no end, which would be even better. Good good player from what I've seen. Last last one then. Um, how would you rate the season out of 10? I'm going to break it down into three parts. Rating Frankie's time, Ryan's time, and then the season as a whole. Frankie, three. Yeah. Ryan, seven. Hole five. That's pretty much what I was That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't really... That is what I was going to give it a six overall. Yeah, I've, I've got it six overall. Frankie four, Ryan six. Frankie four? Yeah, what right, right. point for? I thought three was just being generous. I didn't want to go to a bit, bit tight, but I think three and seven, five's in the middle. Yeah. He, deserved, he deserved a three just for the one good win. He, well, we had two good wins away from him in Middlesbrough and Bournemouth. Hmm. Bournemouth was a good night. Probably my my favourite away of the season. Definitely my highlight celebration of the season. Yeah, Which one? Same. Oh, that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no comment. Yeah, so, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's anything else to say about about the season as a whole. Um, I think we've covered covered most things off there. Unless you boys have got anything else you want to add. No, I just think like you know, go look at the positives from the from the season. I think what we're doing off the pitch is great. You know, this season's get off it. You know, the guys at the club do, deserve a lot of credit. You know, I know we've not recorded a pod for like over a month, so loads of that, loads have happened since then. Like so, um, you know, the the flags at Deepdale, great fan initiatives. You know, the the work the community trust has done in terms of. You know what Tom's done, and like, and, and Mo in terms of the Ramadan project, and, and the, the guys there was absolutely sensational. You know, and those guys deserve so much credit for the work they've done in the community. Um, just little things like I was at the schools finals on Sunday. You know, I've heard there was what 300, 400 people got watching the the, girl, the the women's team in the in the evening. We've just done a lot off the pitch, especially past six months, I'd say, that just puts us in good stead. You know, will we sell ten thousand season tickets? Oof, well, it's on at the minute, isn't it? Three and a half thousand gone. You know, still a good chunk to go at. You know, the, obviously the club could put two paydays in purposely to make sure that it, as many people could buy one as as possible. I, I just think there's, like, there's a finance option as well, isn't there? I think. Yeah, get get an percent credit card like I've done, and then pop it on that for twelve months, and you won't have to pay any interest. But um, yeah, there's loads of 
little things that they've done that I just think it's good and like it's obviously led under a, a very charismatic manager that's young, hungry, scouse, wants to, you know, is very bold with his statements out there. And like, you know, it could be a great season next year. You know, if we get everything right off the pitch and we get everything right on it as well in terms of the transfers we bring in, a good pre-season, you know, hopefully no injury hiccups, etc. come July, you know, it, the recruitment piece is so important for yeah. me. But, you know, you look at the club compared to where we were 12 months ago, it's amazing, isn't it? As long as you don't go into the first game of the season and get dicked for one off Hull at home and think, yeah. oh God, what we're doing, then we should be all right. Recruitment is the most important thing in football. Not fans? No, recruitment. <laughs> like saying it, the, stu- the stuff they've done off the pitch makes you feel as though, you know, I mean, we've all been here before with the recruitment and stuff, but you'd like to think that things are going to change in that sense as well, but time will tell on it. Very much so, yeah. It, like, like I say, off the pitch, it does feel like we've started to turn a bit of a corner in some aspects. So long may it continue. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to say, boys. Good to be back. Thanks for thanks for your time. Good no, to be back, be... ready to not ready to finish for the season. <laughs> 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 Will you stop being so selfish and like, having children and stuff, mate? Because like it's, it's quite good to have a pod, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. We'll maybe maybe do one. I don't know part way through mid season. See how mid season. Uh, uh, oh, we're just going to oh, pre- go two seasons are we now rather than uh, <laughs> pre two a week. Pre-season. Um, I don't even know what I said. I meant to say midway through pre-season. Anyway, um, yeah, maybe do one partway through pre-season. You know, I, I don't know where we're going for pre-season yet, if it's back to Ireland again or if it's... Espanol. Espanol. Interesting. wonder if George is going to be getting, uh, getting a plane ticket out there. Nada. Don't deserve one. I don't think Luke could let him go anyway. No. Doesn't deserve to go. No, he doesn't. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll be back. I've uh, got an episode out next week with Peter Ridsdale. And yeah, I'm working on a couple of other guests that um, I'm yet to confirm because of uh, a few things still going on in the in the world of football. So yeah, hopefully I'll have some good news on them soon. Um, yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you very much. See you later. Cheers. Cheers.